Podcast. I'm your host, Dak Michaels, and with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Slappy. Pappy. Wah, wah. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, <laughs> and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan, everybody. Hey, there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's the only time in my life that's ever happened. <laughs> you got cheers for that yeah, one. You guys just made my month. And it's the last time that'll ever happen. <laughs> I forbid any cheering <laughs> anymore. Uh, very special guest with us. First time in studio, uh, Zach Stewart. Uh, you said you go by Stu, though? To yeah. your friends? Everybody or, or, calls me Stu. Nice. Do you like the food? Amazing. Best meal I've had in uh, last year. At least. Oh, thank you so much. And you are a hospitality guy. Yeah. Um, you want to tell us about uh, Not So Flyover? Yeah. Um, so I spent most of my life in the hospitality industry. Um, I got into it really in, a, in an odd way. Um, I lied on a resume and nice. got a bartending job. Okay. Were you uh, underage or something? Or? No. So I was, I was in a band. I was playing music. And the only job that I could really retain... You know, while going out on tour and coming home, I could always go work at a bar. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. And so a uh, dear friend of mine, Ryan Gullett, who was the bar director over at Bluebeard for years, um, he and I opened up a bar in Greencastle, Indiana. That was my first time, kind of <laughs> first experience, really, yeah. uh, working in the industry. And so we were the youngest bar owners in the state of Indiana. And I think we still hold that title. How old were you? Uh, we had just turned 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. Just turned 21 and you're like, let's buy a bar. Yeah. And so like Ryan went to bartending school in Chicago and it was actually the, the establishment that we ended up opening was a old Cunningham restaurant group spot oh, um, cool. in Greencastle right downtown. And first drink that came through, you know, I lied on my resume. I said, yeah, I've got bartending experience. Yeah. And the first drink was a screwdriver. And I was like, <laughs> I'd go over to Ryan and I whisper, like, what the hell is a screwdriver? And he's like, Grabs my belt loop and said, "Orange juice, vodka, let's go." And like that was it. That was so yeah, um, just dropped you off in the deep end. Yeah, that yeah. actually does kind of sound irresponsible. I'm on your side. Yeah, but it's like, what if like a 16 year old got like a car dealership? Yeah, they're like, hey, yeah. how does this thing run? Like, I exactly no, exactly. And it, uh, we opened up our spot. It was called Hoods and Capers. Uh, downtown Greencastle, really cool, kind of like underground speakeasy. Um, nice. We started. We opened it up as a bar. And then got the kitchen open like three months later. Um, and our first chef was a kid that was cooked in town quite a bit named Justin Idol George. Um, and it, it was pre him going to culinary school. And so oh, wow. we had this kid that was super hungry about cooking. Yeah. And he figured out our kitchen and menu right before he went to school. And uh, we owned and operated for three or four years. That's and awesome. Ended up that selling it and uh, moved out to Iowa, started working for a distillery. Uh, Cedar Ridge Distillery, one of the greatest working experiences I've ever had. And out there, you know, Iowa, they have no pro sports teams um, and very few touring musicians come Mm. through there to perform. Mm. But everybody's passing through there uh, on tour because you can get to Kansas City, Twin Mm. City, Chicago. Everybody's passing through. Nobody's playing. And so um, 
I ran the tasting room out at this distillery and I said, Hey, can we start hosting touring bands? Yeah. Um, and just, I'll start hitting them up and saying, I want to give you guys a complimentary hospitality experience, um, a day off on tour. Typically a lot of bands were passing through on Sundays and Mondays day off. Maybe they didn't have a show. Um, and so they had time to kill. And so I was like, well, if I could just give good hospitality to these artists, um, maybe they'll reconsider this kind of perception that the Midwest is flyover country. Mm. Um, and that's, I used to play music. And so that's how I met Ryan. Uh, we both met each other when we were really young on tour and, I know what life is like living on the road and, yeah. I, and I know what good hospitality or I like to think I know what good hospitality is. And especially when you're an artist on the road, um, it doesn't matter how many records you sell, you're still going to get shitty hospitality mm-hmm. probably five days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to give back to touring musicians. Uh, I went through a lot of like mental health issues and and kind of went through all of it after i stopped playing music because i thought that was going to be my life mm-hmm. um and that was my my mission and so 10 years later i ended up getting reconnected with the music industry in a much different light kind of using my hospitality experience at that point to mm. try to give people good experiences um and i would just cold email artists agents labels um and i'd send hundreds of emails and i'd get no response uh, until I started getting responses. And the first responses would always be like, Hey, what's the catch to this? Cause mm-hmm. yeah. you're just like blowing up my email with this, <laughs> you know, solicited bullshit. And yeah. you're saying you're going to take care of one of my artists for free. This, what do we have to do? Right. Um, Show up. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And you know, kind of the first artist to say yes was modest mouse. And that was back in 2017. Mm. Um, and I felt like going into it, it's like, oh, I can do this. And they called me at like midnight on a Sunday. They're like, yeah, we're coming tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's ride. And um, I've been doing it ever since. And it's been the most like rewarding experience for me um, just to see how much it matters to artists. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's super cool. How and, did that first one go? Yeah, I was curious. Like, um, what? what was your like go-to original kind of idea for it? And like, and then how has it changed to like where you are now? Yeah. What you're, um, you know, so the first two or three years I would have, I would want, I tried to get bands to come through the distillery um, just because I was there. Yeah. Beautiful property winery. Um, there's a beautiful vineyard out there and you can make a day out of it. I mean, or an afternoon out of it. And so you walk the property, you go, we, you know, Modest Mouse came out. We ripped open a bunch of different barrels that we had our master distiller pull from. Mm. The, I mean, when VIPs come out, it's like, let's pull the best barrels in the yeah. Rick house and let's let these guys rip them open and see what they taste like. And, you know, we did that for hours and it, you know, then the hotel shuttle didn't come back and pick them up. And so then it just turned into a long night of all of us just hanging out. And, you know, it, they've, t- that band took care of me in ways that, if, had that night not gone so well, I don't know what I'd be doing if I'd still be doing it now. Yeah. Um, cause they helped me out a lot and got me in touch with a lot of people that, you know, helped me just take care of even more artists. And so forever indebted to those guys and the distillery for facilitating it and, you know, taking that expense and yeah. saying, yeah, let's give back to these musicians and let's hope that they remember Iowa or mm-hmm. Indianapolis, yeah. um, in a different light and get them off the bus, get them out of the hotel room and expose them to all the greatness that the Midwest has to offer. Very modest of them. Yeah, right? Right? Hit slam that boo button, please. That's not a ha- applause? Uh, well, uh, I think the same thing with um, traveling comedians. And a, a big thing for us, I think, a big thing for me and the kind of like the uh, idea behind starting this podcast was to shine a light on artists, especially in the culinary field, but like artists, comedians, of all different kinds that like aren't always being written about. And so, and like to make Indianapolis like a cool place. Like I talked a lot of comedians, I listen to a lot of like comedy podcasts. A lot of comedians don't like Indianapolis. They, I don't, I'm not sure what it's lacking that they want, but uh, trying to change those perceptions and make Indianapolis, I think, uh, us hosting the Super Bowl was a huge thing. Yeah. And, sure. uh, I feel like we need another event like that or another big thing to kind of remind people that Indianapolis is a, I mean, probably one of the most walkable cities For in, sure. in, in the U S. Uh, we have so much cool stuff I've seen, especially in the last 15 years, how much our food scene, our music scene, how much the cool stuff is, 
uh, there to be offered. So like when you when you contacted me about this, I was like, this is so in line with yeah, like yeah, what I'm absolutely. about. Like I, I love the idea. I used to work at Hotel Tango, and I remember this what triggered me when you when you or triggered me, but. Um, uh, reminded me because uh, when we worked there, like Slipknot called one time and they were like apparently huge into whiskey and they were going to come by and do a tasting. Never ended up like it ended up working out or whatever. But I just remember like, how crazy would that be if Slipknot came in to do the whiskey tasting? Like, also, anybody could walk in and say they were Slipknot and I wouldn't. <laughs> right, right. <yeah. laughs> that, that's, that's funny you say that because um, Slipknot ended up coming out to Cedar Ridge and they launched Slipknot whiskey at Cedar Ridge, the distillery Whoa. I was at. And so they're biggest band to ever come out of Iowa. Um, and, you know, one of the guys came in with his wife for just a tour. Nobody never disclosed who he was. Obviously, he wasn't in a mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so nobody knew who the hell he was. It'd be crazy and, if he just wore that in his regular right? life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Um, it makes sense that they came from Iowa because, like, I'll be angry, too. Right. If I grew up in Iowa. Right. <laughs> That's the real flyover state. Let's, it is. Are you okay if we talk crap about Iowa? No, no, you can't. I know you started there. Yeah, it, it's all good. My mom and my dad live there, so that, that's really my ties to it. But Those uh, are the only people I like from Iowa. Oh, wow. Hey. He's looking at the uh, Slipknot uh, whiskey yeah. line right here. Slipknot number nine whiskey? Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, they handed off their business card after that tour and said, you know, we could go make whiskey with Jack Daniels tomorrow. Um, and it could be all over the world and, and, but we want to help other Iowans out. And so, mm, you know, like the ball, nice. the ball moved very quickly and they started blending stuff up. I think they went through over 300 different blends before they found what they actually wanted and 300. Yeah. And this wasn't, you know, a lot of people think these celebrity spirit releases are just a bunch of bullshit yeah. and they're, somebody's putting their name on it. And these guys were yeah every bit involved. Yeah. And so, they're connoisseurs. Yeah. And then, uh, when they clown sewers, right. <laughs> When they launched that it, button, that you, you smiled, Zach. I don't know. You yeah, smiled. really. That, that, that's pretty good. That, that wasn't like your style. That straight up sucked. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's have some integrity. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. No, but they launched it and it went, it went, it was very successful. And we had like, they played their first hometown show in Iowa in like a decade. And it was at the Iowa State Fair. Um, and the day before they launched the whiskey out on the property and they had fans from all over the world fly in. Um, and just even the press release alone, when it came out, I think it came out in Forbes and Rolling Stone and our, the phones at the distillery just like rang for days. Um, everybody wanted it. And it was like almost as if you went viral overnight. Wow. Um, wow. And it started shining a light on this cr little craft distillery that to me is they make the best juice in the most romantic way in North America. Um, and so it was really cool that they partnered with them. And it's a long term relationship and they're going to be doing it for years, which is really cool. So this is the distillery you used to work at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is and this the whiskey you brought us today? Yeah, there is some up there. Some Slipknot whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's good. It's a uh, 60% rye, 40% bourbon. Um, one of the blends is, um, but yeah, it, it's a great, great sipper. Now, did you get a, did you get to meet everyone without the uh, gimmicks on? No. So I actually, I moved right before the guys kind of, this was actually at the distillery, but, uh, and that's Murphy. He's uh, the master distiller, really great guy. Oh, nice. But um, those two work together and clown and, and Murphy were kind of the brainchild <laughs> of it. But it does, uh, yeah, it does make sense that a clown would make whiskey like right? that. Like where have we been? Right. <laughs> All the emotions of a clown. If you drink a bottle. Yeah. I'm always seeing clowns drink. Right. <laughs> I used to work at the Shriner Circus uh, as a as a, a, a poop boy. You would clean up the I would clean up the uh, elephants' poop, hey. and then clowns would just be drinking so much. Hey. Yeah, it was the classic clown versus poop boy rivalry that people always talk about. Yeah, people do talk about it, and I usually shy away from it. But I'm sorry. do the poop boys drink much? Uh, the poop boys, we, we sometimes they'd slip us something. <laughs> I don't know if it was whiskey. Uh, so what, so what brought you back to Indiana? Yeah. Um, so I was actually going to work at can can. So, um, when I moved out to Iowa, I was going through a bunch of mental health stuff, trying to figure out my, you know, depression, anxiety for the first time in my life. I was like 27 or 28 yeah. and, uh, ended up really like wanting to kind of, you know, get back with Ryan, uh, who was my business partner at the bar. And, you know, I kind of lost myself those last few years of just owning and operating mm -hmm. and, 
you know, was drinking way too much and, yeah. and, mm. and found myself in a dark place. And so I kind of left Ryan in the dust really t- with this bar in mm. Greencastle. And so it was like, I was determined to like get my health in order and come back and join forces with this guy that, you know, gave me his blessing. I was like, dude, just go get better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. all I care about. I'll hold this down. Just go mm-hmm. get better. Um, and so I always wanted to get back and work with them. And so that was like two, my wife and I moved here two weeks before the pandemic started. Mm. Um, and so I was laid off and kind of had to figure it out. I was applying for like bag boy jobs and I couldn't even get calls back, you know, those first six months. Mm-hmm. And so um, it helped me kind of really focus on, well, how can I take this flyover thing here? Obviously like live shows were ending yeah. too. And so I was like, yeah. what the hell, yeah. what am I going to do here? Yeah. Zoom um, hospitality. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was interesting. I just kind of started thinking about it way more and giving it way more attention. Gave me a lot of time to, Email, email all day. Just so you were like convinced, like the world's going to start turning again. Like if I just put in the work now, it's going to yeah. pay off. That's really interesting to me because like I was definitely like the world is ending kind of yeah. like I was yeah. like, I don't know. Let's do some podcasts as the world burns. Like, oh, I definitely that was- felt that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, live music to me is the most wonderful thing. Just music in general is the most wonderful thing. Imagine yeah. like take, I always take like, 10 seconds out of my day to ask myself, imagine what the world or, or life would be like if you did, if music just didn't exist. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, I couldn't imagine, like I, I, I wouldn't even have memories of anything yeah. really. Um, and it was a slow open. I think it was a much slower open for music than it was like comedy. We could figure out how to be six feet apart and get a, you know, we were doing comedy shows by the summertime, like outdoors and, you know, sure. socially distanced. But I feel like music took a while before you could have like gatherings of people, even, yeah. like, even outside. Yeah. And they, you know, a lot of bands started doing live broadcast shows and selling tickets online. And I didn't know how to feel about that in the beginning. Cause yeah. I was like, man, I, I love the energy of being in a venue and actually feeling it. Yeah. Um, live show. But then I, like year into the pandemic, I found myself, you know, buying tickets to some online shows and I was feeling it there too, just cause I was so deprived of, you know, being in a live music scene. And so, mm-hmm. um, what bands were doing online shows? Gosh, there were tons. I think I, I watched several, um, aren't those just music videos at a, a certain point? Yeah. Well, a lot, live yeah, streaming though, right? Some of them were doing them actually live. Mm-hmm. Others were doing them pre-recorded mm-hmm. and then, you know, getting it mixed and mastered and then, then broadcasting okay. it. But, um, yeah, there were some great ones, for sure. That's, uh, man, that's so interesting when you were talking about getting burnout, especially owning a business. So, yeah, like, I opened up a food truck right out of culinary school, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to be a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. I thought this was, I've, I've been in the service industry my whole life, and that's where everything was kind of headed. And the burnout was so fast and furious for me of just like, I can't even imagine doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah, And I love food and it took me a while to kind of realize that like, obviously I still love hospitality, but I didn't like restaurant ownership Yeah, and separating those two out. And since the pandemic, I've seen so many creative people um, do things outside of the traditional, like working in a restaurant, whether they're chefs or business owners or just creatives or whatever. And like watching all the, interesting stuff that people are doing, like taking those skill sets mm-hmm. and like, you know, pairing them with like, you know, my love of your love of music and hospitality yeah. and then like, okay, well, what does that look like? Yeah. It's kind of, uh, you know, like it, I just, I hated towards the end of it, like year 14 of, you know, being in the front of house. Yeah. It's like, you know, those days are like 13, 14, 15, the, you know, 15 hour days, they just keep ticking. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, not having much to show for it. Yeah. And then, you know, all of your personal relationships suffer. I was a passing ship with my wonderful wife for years, uh, just mm. opposite schedules. And mm-hmm. um, while she and I could sustain that, it still wasn't fun. Yeah. And, and it's just like, man, I want, I want to do something. It's got a bigger purpose here. Not that I think there's a great purpose and sure. a large purpose working in the service industry. Yeah. I felt that too. And that's why I'm still in hospitality. Um, but there's just a lot of bullshit you got to deal with, yeah. uh, just as any, like anything else, but mental health crisis is just as it is in the music industry and everything else uh, it, the hospitality industry too. And so it was, 
it wasn't an environment that was conducive for me like mid thirties anymore to just keep grinding at it. Um, yeah. This, this may sound a little, I don't know, this may sound a little off, but like there, I think there is also something about providing hospitality for people that are really appreciative for mm-hmm. it. So like finding your customers or finding your people that are like dialed into exactly what you're doing. They're on board with it. Oh, yeah. Not just like kind of, it's kind of like, we don't like to do comedy, like ambush comedy, like pop up at a bar and like, Hey, there's a show going. They're always terrible. But it, like, if you get a show where people are coming to see a comedy show, like it's always going to be better. I feel like the same way with hospitality and food, where it's just like, if you're just cooking for the masses sometimes too, it's just like, well, Man, there's some real worst human beings in right, this right, right, group. Right, like yeah. people that make it not fun. Can and you say not say we when you say ambush comedy because that's the brand that I'm doing now. <laughs> I just pop out of bushes and tell people jokes or show them something that I think is funny, and it's, it's working. Isn't that what we're all doing? Okay, is that ambush? That's two booze. That's not two booze. Um, it's one. <laughs> But like, isn't like TikTok or like viral videos or that's kind of like ambushing people as well. No, but you're on TikTok to watch stuff, right? Yeah. Like you're there to watch videos one after another. Yeah. If I mailed you a TikTok, you're walking the streets <laughs> yeah. to see something. Zach. Right. Like, I feel like it's like when you're like with your friend and they want you, they want you to watch their TikTok stuff that they watch. That's the ambush. That's ambushing somebody with it. Okay. Well, that's a new idea that I have. Thank you. <laughs> I have that to the list. Well, I would like to ambush you guys with the uh, Smoking Goose Presents Brunch Breakdown. Hey! hey. Is, that the, is that the sound effect? <laughs> yep. Fonzie? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get a professional's drop for that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or maybe just uh, Fonzie on the board saying a, like a clip of the Fonzie. That was. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so this week, um, uh, we wanted to showcase um, Indiana. As not being flyover, uh, so we wanted to do some dishes and some try to do some interesting takes on some classic Indiana dishes um, and, and and foods that are associated with Indiana. Uh, number one, obviously, both Indiana and Iowa uh, corn. We got lots of it, and we love eating it. Uh, so I did a um, uh, an elote salad uh, with uh, Indiana sweet corn. And I don't know. Um, I don't really know much people, to say about people it. People raved about it. People liked it. Um, people were clapping at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, wait, we got a lot of dishes to go. Mm. People were scoffing it down. You were you wanted to bring down the claps. Yeah, I was like, like hey, this guys, is too much. Calm down. This is barely a, barely a course. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever cool the guests down if they're too excited? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, let's, let's, let's bring it down. I, I, I point out the inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that. <laughs> a little too much cilantro on this dish. I'm like, corn's not really even good for your body. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just think about it. Um, and then Zach, you had the. the I, next did one. A, I did a uh, pork tenderloin, but I made it into a uh, eggs benedict with. Uh, and then for my fancy part, I made a, a foam with the hollandaise. And then there was also smoking goose ham on that. Oh, yeah. Is holiday holidays foam a normal thing, like, or is that like kind of something you created? That's something I made up. Okay, I wanted to make a foam on it somewhere, and so I turned the holidays into a foam. Indiana foam. Indiana foam. There we go. There's certain. I feel like there's certain foods that are just like locked in since childhood. That I'm like, I'm always gonna like. I'll always tear up like a Dairy Queen Eminem Blizzard. Like no matter what, like it literally makes me feel better. <laughs> like anyone, like that could pull me out of a depression. <laughs> Or jumpstart one. Uh, but I feel like the tenderloins are the same way. There's like something about eating a tenderloin where I'm just like, it just transports me back to childhood. Uh, and I thought it was a really good take. And um, all the components were really good on it. Thank you. Well, Thank you. What was that? Was it just English muff? Yeah, it was just English muff. Okay. They were, <laughs> they were buttermilk English muffs. Mm. It was good. Wait a second. Um, and then we did the... I, I guess I guess you could make an argument that a beef Manhattan is f- more representative of Manhattan than Indianapolis. Man, I feel like you really lost the plot after like yeah 
I, we took our items and we went back and I was waiting to see what you did. And you kind of did oops, no Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Except for the cord. I sent my dad a picture. He's like, what are you having today? He's like, oh, it's all Indiana based. And I sent him a picture of a beef Manhattan. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we're kind of named for another here. city. We're not doing too well. Now, now look, if you Google Indiana foods, <laughs> look, we, we it's easy to start off. It's like t- pork tenderloin. Boom. Sugar cream pie. Boom. And then it's like corn. And then it's like, I don't know. Beef Manhattan. (laughs) Chicken and noodles. I don't know. Is that what chat GTP said? Maybe that was a glitch. Yeah. (laughs) It's like. uh. I feel like you would have gotten closer with chicken and noodles than something that had another city's name on it. It was beef Indianapolis. (laughs) A beefy Irvington. Yeah. Beef Irvington. And spoiler, I'll say no apples. Johnny Appleseed is very Indiana, right? Oh, I, I don't know. Third one for the day. <laughs> well, and you right. know what that means. Three booze and you got to leave. Hey, we're going to talk about this later off air, but y'all just messed up. I don't get free booze. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then what, what was your next? Oh, and then we had the... Um, no, I think fried chicken is still. I think fried chicken is pretty much any state except for the coasts. <laughs> I feel like every state except That's for a like really bold statement, except for Alaska, Hawaii, and any coastal cities, you can claim fried chicken. I feel like that's that's very anywhere in the South, anywhere in the Midwest, fried chicken is in play. Um, Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto yeah, and sometimes Puerto Rico, <laughs> the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, and so we did a, uh, it was a, I don't know, a waffled fried chicken or I guess te- technically beignet fried chicken. Yeah. Um, and then it had a, a blackberry uh, reduction with it. So I, I thought it could be divisive if you didn't like sweet meats. Um, it was amazing. Probably not into it, but. Yeah, you doused that in powdered sugar too. Oh yeah. Like a powdered sugar donut. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. mean, fried food in sugar. What is more Indiana than that? No, I'm I'm with you. I'm not. <laughs> this is me being serious. I'm, I might pitch that for the state fair this year. Yep. That might be like, look, this is what we're doing. All right. We're not frying any chocolates. Donut fried chicken. <laughs> Donut fried chicken. <laughs> it was really good. Like, I mean, like it was the most creative dish that I've seen in a long time. I also like thought about my health a lot when I was <laughs> eating it. I was like, is this, am I going to be okay? Cause it was sweet chicken. Like yeah. even when you ate the chicken, it was very sweet. That's, that's how you know it's like Indiana food. If it, if you're thinking about how many years of your life it's yeah. taking off, yeah. then you know it's good to Indiana. It cuisine. felt like that time like movie with Justin Timberlake. I just like saw the, like the countdown go really quick. Uh, 10 hours. Oh, <laughs> I just lost something. Some good chicken. Uh, and then Zach, you, uh, you had the dessert. I did uh sugar cream pie. I did a deconstructed version. So I made a custard and like sprinkled like, uh, uh, cinnamon on that, uh, had some ice cream in there. And then I cooked some wheat berries and some uh, sugar water, uh, instead of the crust. Mm. 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 Where, where do you get the wheat berries from? Uh, so sometimes you can find them at like a, a Meyer or something like Bob's red mill usually has a, 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 version of them but i got those at the good earth and okay. uh, uh i think broad ripple yeah they've got all sorts of crazy hippie shit i liked it with the uh with the ice cream it was almost like a boba tea kind of kind of kind of thing going on so yeah that was our, our our indiana uh menu hoosier baby hoosier menu and i i, I also think I, we were kind of joking around, but I also think what the thing about Indiana cuisine is Indiana. We're like, we're still adding to Indiana cuisine. Yeah. Like we are still like blazing the trail of what uh, Indiana cuisine looks like. And then, and I, and I've seen the scene change so much in the past 10 years that it's like, you know, maybe that list will be more than three things that the state yeah. is known for food wise. And I think it's important to point out is the Germans that kind of shaped uh, Indiana cuisine. I mean, that's the tenderloin right there. That's the tenderloin right there. Um, When they were traveling, I heard they would go through the north and then they would just drop off a whole bunch of their food and then we would like pick up their recipes. Mm. Isn't that kind of... Where'd you hear that from? You. (laughs) (laughs) Uh What's the biggest tenderloin you've ever had? Um, so I that like, it's funny we're talking about tenderloins because Iowa claims to have the biggest tender tenderloin. Uh-oh. Oh, um, gosh. Here we go, Thad. <laughs> and like, I don't know, that tenderloin right there is, you know, that's about on par for an Iowa tenderloin. They, yeah. give, it, they give it to you on a plate that 
is That's a fraction of the stupid. size of the tenderloin. It's offensive. You know, yeah. I would say offensively big. I've worked at some places in Indy that, or Indiana that do that. Yeah. That large or whatever. It's like but a not. pillow cushion of tenderloin. Like it's for the whole family, right? Like one person's not no. doing that. That's one person? I mean, it depends on the person. That's mm. yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think Tenoa. You know what? Go ahead, Iowa. Have the biggest Tenoa. You have nothing to do there. That's right. This is from what I heard. But like, that's really like that's. They don't see it right now. That's bigger than two faces. Yeah. How many ounces do you think that that's hammered out to? Oh. Uh, or what? How many ounces do you did think it that start off with? Yeah. I, I have no idea. And hopefully it's paper thin. Like that's yeah. the only hope, right? That it's just so. I don't understand where you get on the loin to get it that big. Mm. Even oh. even hammering it out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's wild. Well, those are probably loins put together, stitched together like a Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Franken loin. <laughs> yeah, Franken loin. Hope you guys like thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big tenderloin. The big, the biggest problem with tenderloin is 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 the the juicy like the thickness. Yeah. Sometimes you can't buy. You have to pull, but. Like with your loins, like they're very soft. You Thank have you. very soft loins. Thank you. No, I, I was trying to pound them on his lump. What? <laughs> you know what? I'm done. No, keep going. <laughs> you were pounding out the loins. Keep going. Go ahead. I was trying to pound them out as thin as I could. Mm, of course, you I were. feel like I did a good job. Of course, you were. Thank you. Really good. That's what she said. Uh, let's, hey. take, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Come along, friend. We've got a long journey through the Middle West to return to the ring. A ring? What ring? The dark ring. It's not a ring, it's a circle. Black circle. And there we will complete our quest at Middle Ground Comedy Festival. It's dangerous to go alone. I shall bring my wit. And you'll have my antics. <laughs> it will be precious. Join the epic journey to Middle Ground Comedy Festival, a comedy fest in the middle of the Midwest, April 27th through 30th at Black Circle Music Bar in Indianapolis, with headliners Dwight Simmons, Mandy McKelvey, Stuart Huff, Brandy Posey, and Sam Talent, and musical guests Sirius Black and Lisa Frank and the Trapper Keepers. Get tickets at eventbrite.com before they're gone like second breakfast. process. This week on the After Brunch Podcast... Have you ever had like someone from your high school or someone that you haven't like lost contact with like reach out and then realize that they they're wrapped up in a pyramid scheme? <laughs> yeah. Like pyromance or yeah yeah. Uh, it's either that one or insurance. 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 I my like one of my best friends growing up. He was like, "Hey man, I haven't talked to you in a while. Hit me up. Let's let's chat." And like chat, chatted for a while. I was like, "Man, people are really dying, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, bro. What? <laughs> He's like, do you have life insurance? I was like, man, why are you calling me right now? Do you ever just stare at your loved ones and wonder how much longer you have? <laughs> Join us at patreon.com slash harder brunch. Uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, we're talking uh, with uh, Zach Stewart, aka Stu. Stu. Uh, man, I, I, it, there seems there's so many like sin, like similarities. I feel like between like our paths, I, I, I just find it very interesting. And I'm really excited about what you're doing. Can you can you go a little bit more into detail about like like that was a great first story was like, well, what's something you've done like recently? Like, yeah. what does that hospitality look like? Yeah. So, um, over the last, like ever, I would say ever since the pandemic, like we started doing live shows again. Um, you know, it's kind of difficult. I learned over the last like five to seven years, it's pretty difficult if you're not going directly to the artist or their management, uh, it's hell. Like it's really difficult to like, get stuff dropped off to mm. artists in their green rooms. Yeah. Uh, Cause you got to deal with the venue. And so I just kind of, I really tried to focus on going straight to the artist. Cause if the artist says, yes, I'm in, I'm yeah. not going to have any problems. Um, and so I start putting together like care packages of local food, drink, um, retail items. Um, and I would hit up local businesses and say, Hey, do, yeah. do you one buy into like what I'm preaching? and trying to expose global touring artists to all the greatness of the Midwest that do you see value in having your, your product or your stuff in front of touring artists and their crew? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, that's totally cool. Yeah. Like if you want to play the social media influencer game and 
send stuff to influencers and, and pay to play and, and advertise your products that way. Totally cool. Mm. Um, but if you want to have yourself exclusively served to this artist that's coming through, yeah. um, they'd be very appreciative of anything you'd be willing to, to put in the green room tonight. And so it kind of started there. And um, then it kind of turned into, Hey, can I build offsite experiences to where I'm taking care of getting the artist to the restaurant from the restaurant um, and, or doing some sort of entertainment event or, or mm. whatever. Um, and so it's coordinating a lot, a lot of logistics. Um, and a lot of it is how quickly can you do it on a moment's notice? Oh, and, yeah. and so you don't get a lot of lead time. Yeah. Um, you gotta say a lot of yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it definitely started initially as doing procurements. I was fixing for, for touring bands too. And you know, it's, Hey, um, I need to get some of the, of these things that are not on my basic creature comfort list. Sure. It's like, okay, I got you. Um, and you're building relationships that way the whole time of like, you're helping out the tour manager because now he doesn't have to run off site, mm-hmm. spend three hours trying to find whatever they're looking for. Yeah. Um, and so there's a, a million different ways you can help out a touring band. And, and a lot of it is, Hey, I'll save you time. Uh, your tour manager is probably going to have a day off because I'm going to do so well at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that, they're going to be overwhelmed with how much shit I bring into their green room. <laughs> um, Who's like uh, like a go-to or who are some of your number one go-tos? Um, Smoking Goose has helped me out a lot. Hey, shout out. Hey, um, 18th Street uh, has donated a lot of beer. So has Chili Water. Um, those three, since I've moved here, have been huge. Nice. Uh, Turchetti's helped me out a little bit. Uh, Hotel Tango helped me out a little bit. Cedar Ridge. Um, has always been my main go-to. They've always been incredibly generous in terms of getting their juice into artist green rooms. Um, and when you get a nice bottle of, you know, Midwestern bourbon, uh, in your green room versus a six pack of PBR, um, you know, that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and that's, I think the most special thing that inspires me the most is artists that you wouldn't think would bat an eye at what you're doing. Um, I've seen guys that I would never imagine in the world, like in tears, so appreciative. Wow. And it's like, that's, I always kind of keep that in the forefront of my mind. Mm. Cause it's just like, if this person can have that kind of impact over what I'm doing, yeah. um, like maybe I'm onto something here yeah. and I don't really know if I am, you know, it's, it, I, th- I, I think I you are. I, I love, I love how much you're investing in yourself and investing in something that you believe in. Cause a lot of stuff that you're doing, I'm sure doesn't pay off immediately, you know, Yeah, nothing pays, but, and you, but you're built building something up. And I also know, like, I don't know a lot about the music world, but I do know that word of mouth goes a long way. Yeah. And yeah. if you have a bad experience with somebody, that's going to go a long way. If For you have sure. a great experience with someone, that's going to go a long way. Uh, when I had the food truck, we randomly got a, uh, a gig um, up at Deer Creek for um, Luke Bryant's like whole road crew. Sweet. And like, I had no idea who that was. Uh, I was just like, oh, it's a band performing at Deer Creek. And then we went up there and I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was the headlining act. How and was then, it? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, really, I didn't get to meet him personally, but we fed the whole crew. They were very appreciative. Yeah. I got to use the restroom that was like right off the front of the stage and like look out from behind the stage, like during the show. And I just, you know, growing up and going to concerts my whole life, like it was amazing just to look out and see what, like what the, what the bands see. And then I'm using the, the, the closest toilet to the stage. And as the whole time I'm using it, I'm just thinking like, Oh God, how many people like super famous rock stars have pissed in this toilet? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Be in it right now. Yeah. Um, that's why I think about every, every, every toilet, <laughs> gas stations, <laughs> truck stops. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was crazy because then like we got a good review from them. And then it was like later that summer, um, some of, uh, Kanye's people reached out to us, you know, before he was, quite as controversial <laughs> and uh we ended up getting real close to doing something with them but uh and it didn't end up working out but that's right like the word travels yeah, fast, you know it, travels it, fast, it is yeah. a i've had you know a few bands that have just been like oh man they they want to re- like so badly reciprocate the hospitality yeah and i've had to like really try to draw a line i probably drew it 
too hard. Um, over the last few years, my wife always tries to tell me like, these guys, like these people like you, like, <laughs> they, you know, and it's cause I'm not in it to like be friends with bands, right. you know, I'm in it to give a service and, and to really kind of like operate with the mystique of Prince. Like you don't know when I show up, you yeah. don't know when I leave, but you knew I was there. And so it's like, I'm going into the green room, dropping, setting it up. Usually when the artist is away, getting the hell out of there. No, I don't need free tickets. No, I don't need passes. I don't need anything from you. No hugs. Nothing. Nothing. Have you ever heard of uh, Professor Pizza? No. You know that is? There's this guy in uh, Chicago, and he just takes this little, he has a little portable pizza oven, and he just, like, works his way. I think he communicates with a comedian. He does a similar thing, but like with comedians, but I think he communicates with them before they come into town. And then he's like, Hey, like I would like to bring you this free pizza to your green room and cook it for you. Like in the green room, would you be into that? And like, what kind of pizza would you like? And then people are like, yeah, I guess I don't know. And like, and then he shows up and makes this amazing pizza. And then they're, they put it all over their social media. And I was just like, what a brilliant like thing to do, you know, like what a, that's interesting a, lane to take. That's funny because, you know, I've had some nights, you know, it turns into like, hey, unsuspectingly, like, can you help us find a place to crash? Um, you know, if it's a band that's not in a touring in a prevost, mm-hmm. it's like, OK, uh, well, I get I ask my wife, like, you guys, you care if these guys, you know, and then it turns into me like making a whole meal yeah. at midnight, making pizzas uh, or throwing something on the Traeger or whatever. And um then I make my wife in the morning after the band stay, I make her stand on the front porch and I take a photo with her in the band. So like, hopefully like at her, you know, 50 years from now, I can just have this whole book of photos of all these bands that I worked with, with my wife inserted in there. And so it looks like she's a <laughs> member of the band and she absolutely hates it. When I, when I was like, babe, all right, photo time, get up there. And, um, but it's super endearing to me. Uh, but yeah. What's a common problem uh, that you run into that you're like, man, this is a common theme and this is what I'm looking out for every time I'm setting up? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, Probably I always have to like set myself up communication wise. Uh, Last thing I want to do is show up to the venue and the first person at the door be like, yo, no, I don't care what you're bringing in here. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't care who you know. Um, and I've run into that, like right when I moved here and shows started kind of getting back, I ran into that a few times and it's, uh, you don't want to bother the tour manager yeah. while, you know, it's four o'clock. They just got done doing sound check. Yeah. They're busy. Can and someone so come let like, me in? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you set a time and it's like, okay, I'm not going to be late. This is when I'm coming nine times out of 10, that time changes and you got to pivot. And, and so it's just like, make sure you're punctual in that respect and, and like your communications on point. Cause there's a lot, they're so busy during the day sure. and the, the court, whoever's doing the coordination, um, that you just got to have that on point or you could be waiting outside of a gate and being, you know, told by security that you need right. to get out of here. If I was security, I would never say no to you. Yeah. Those glasses, that hat, hey. you look like you're a part of the band. That, and see, and that's maybe that's part of the bit, you know, is like, just keep walking. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times it's yeah. like, yeah, know, just, I, mean, I, do so it at, I do it at venues that I'm not even like, I'm not even <laughs> doing so anything true. for the yeah. artist. And it's like, all of a sudden I find this entitlement where it's like, I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah. I did it at a Pacers game yeah. like four years ago uh, mm-hmm. with my buddy. And it was, you know, we weren't, we didn't have floor seats or anything like that, but they had at the end of the game, I was like the last person to go to the bathroom and, I'm a huge Pacers fan, huge. Yeah. And so I was stoked to come back and see him play against the Lakers and Lance Stevenson was on the, on the Lakers that game. And I'm like the last person to go to the bathroom. There's this little usher out there. And I said, man, I, I drove six hours to, to, to come to this game tonight. Is there any way my buddy and I can get a picture on the floor? And she's like, where are you from, honey? And I said, I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. She's like, honey, I, my whole family's from Ames, Iowa. Let's go. Oh, and, wow. so, and so she lets us out on the floor and there's like this season ticket holder event and, and people are like shooting baskets on the floor and people are taking photos of Boomer and stuff and they got this prize wheel. And so I'm like, we're all the, we're just acting like we're them. And um, I was like, well, fuck this. We're going to go walk through the tunnel. And so we start walking and I start going through curtains. Had a couple security people check check us out and 
opened up a curtain and then boom, I run right into Kyle Kuzma and it's like, okay, I'm definitely not supposed to be back here. <laughs> and, uh, then immediately got ushered yeah, away. But yeah. I always say, yeah, just keep walking. And uh, it usually bodes well for you. That there, is a life hack. Like, well, there's a certain There's, pace. there's yeah. two different kinds of people. And you, you, two, you two are walk on through people. I am, I only go where I am invited, like a vampire. Yeah. But, almost. but like, what you don't get, there's a certain pace. You can't go too fast. No, if you, you can't. If you run, like, you look suspicious. Mm. If you're going too slow, like, hey, this person doesn't know where you're going. Yeah. There's, a, there's a speed limit. There's a pace. And when you follow that pace, what happens, Dyke? You get in. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think if Dyke walks alone, he's going to get called on it. Yeah, I look like, like a, he has the energy of I shouldn't be. Here. I shouldn't be. Even here. if he should be. Even there. in my That's own house. I, like, yeah. I shouldn't he's, be here right like, now. I kicked him out of his slow. house the other day. <laughs> he was walking too slow. Yeah, he was walking too slow. I said, get out of here. You're not supposed yeah. to be here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but how many times have I got you in a place where I'm like, hey, just oh, follow I can, me. I can follow in someone's draft that's doing it. Absolutely. But I need someone to go in before me. It's like uh, it's like when ducks fly in formation, you know, like the right. flying V. I can do that in like uh, I, I can do that in like food festivals, like places that because I, I used to like work them and deliver stuff to them that I you know it was the same thing. I realized nobody ever checks if you're just like hey I'm here to work my shift. Nobody's like oh well show me your ID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I feel like if I was to do that to a green room, I would like look very guilty and yeah. you know just yeah, no yeah. eye contact. Just, uh, just uh, <laughs> that's all it is. No eye contact and and the you know. It's just the yeah. moment you lock eyes with whoever's by the That's door, you're, de- you're, gut, you're done. Also, another freebie, papers. If you have papers in your hand yeah. that looks like there's important stuff and you're mm. looking and up and down and, and going real quick. Yeah. I don't leave home without a Bluetooth headset. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, it's not plugged into anything, but they're like, yeah, <laughs> this guy's official. He what must a, be the, I don't know. What about a clipboard? Yeah. Clip, oh, clipboard's yeah. even better. Now yeah. you're, now you're mm-hmm. getting it. Yeah. Clipboard, uh, bulletproof vest sometimes. Um, Walkie talkie. Bone arrow. Yeah. Are you storming yeah. the Capitol? <laughs> well, that's what I, that's how I got in with the Capitol. You saw me January 6th. I was there. I wasn't there to do anything bad. No. But I was like, hey, I just want to see if I can Yeah, get you just in. want to be part of it history yeah yeah that's that's all it is everybody just wants to be a part of history yeah <laughs> uh, have you i feel like i feel like you're kind of like trailblazing this this new this new lane have you synced up with anybody that's doing anything similar have you inspired anybody or teamed up with anyone that's doing something similar in other cities yeah mm. um that's a great question uh so over the years, like I've looked into it and there's definitely some companies that the aspect of getting companies and businesses products in front of influencers and not necessarily artists or or comedians or touring town or anything like that, but there are third party companies where you can pay them to disperse your, your products with the promise that there's going to be, X impressions on your social media, all that bullshit. Mm. Um, but in terms of like exactly what I do, I don't think so. Um, and like, I'll, I probably should have prefaced it. Like I've never made a dollar off of this. Um, I've never been paid and I've kept it that way. It's not to say I haven't had people offer me money, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, or try to tip me or whatever. But I know that you, you got to put the work in and like, it's got to be sincere. Yeah. Otherwise it's just going to look, you know, it, you're not going to get people to call you back. And I've yeah. never, I've never worked with anybody that's not called me back when they were through the next time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I always kind of look at it like I'm building up Yes, and um, you know, I can make money by doing festival work and running artist relations for festivals. And so like, you know, I can make a lump sum and kind of fund all this other stuff that I'm doing. Um, and I did all the, like the artist hospitality for the all in music festival that was at the state fairgrounds back in August. Oh, nice. Um, and that helped me do a lot of stuff for the rest of the year. And so, mm. yeah, it, mm. you can kind of find that is like a totally different beast where you're kind of hired by the festival or you're hired as a third party. Um, and if you're hired by the festival, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, but you're, yeah. you're getting a nice chunk of money and mm-hmm. help support all the other stuff you want to do. Are you doing anything with middle ground this year? No, but I'd like, I'd love to get involved with as much stuff in India as I can. And you know, any businesses that see value in, you know, taking care of artists and like buying into this whole, let's change these perceptions. Like mm-hmm. let's do it together. Um, Cause I want to see my favorite artists come back through more frequently. I don't want to have to drive out of state to go see him. Um, 
and I want people to like, I want asses to be in seats, you know? Yeah. Perfect examples like the Indiana Pacers. You go to a Pacer game, everybody's ass is in a seat. It doesn't matter how close the game is. Mm. Um, it could be, they could be like, it takes a team like that in a city like this. Um, while it is as beautiful as it could possibly be, when it comes to entertainment, there is a lack of enthusiasm inside the building. Yeah. And, you know, I want to get more asses in seats just in general. <laughs> and, and the music venues deserve to have far more sold out shows. Um, and there's, we're building something here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I just want to be a part of that. What for you has, you don't have to say like the band or the artist, but what, um, personally for you has been like the most rewarding or fulfilling or exciting experience that you've had providing hospitality? Um, I really, I think it's like the most rewarding thing for me is when, somebody is tries to reciprocate the hospitality that I've given them. Uh, and it's to the point where they're so insistent that if I turn it down yeah. now I'm risking, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm risking at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, and it's afforded like some really cool life photo moments sure. of like that view you were talking about of watching a show from the side of the stage and looking out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, like be able to do that with my wife every now and then, uh, and do it around some of our friends. It's that to me is the most rewarding thing. Uh, personally speaking, but like the, I have a purpose in this whole thing and that's, you know, I'm honest yeah. with the fact that I want to change those perceptions. And, um, I know what it's like to tour in a band in the Midwest, how hard it is to get butts in seats. Mm. Um, and I want to see that change. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm about. What nope. you th- go ahead. No, go ahead. What do you think of uh, the harder brunches hospitality? And you can say bad today. Um, I think I knew. So I've, I've watched many an episode. I was a fan mm. uh, before we spoke. And um, I think what you guys <laughs> are <after>. doing. <laughs> I, 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 I think what you guys are doing um, is in the same energy field as what I'm trying to yeah, do. And, and I feel that. Good. And, you know. Cause I try to reciprocate. I want it to be reciprocated. Like I'm thinking about how I could get money from you. Yeah. I'm thinking down. like, what type of deal can I do with this guy? Hey. Cause he owes me. Um, the music selection we did was great. The food was good. Yeah, you so, did. Hey. And it's, it's, I wanted you to know your life is in danger if you don't. Right. All right. We'll be showing up for those pizzas tonight. Come on down, boys. <laughs> Uh, we always thought it would be funny at the end just to like be like, oh, how was everything? And then we'd be like, oh, man, it's great. Just to slide a bill over to the. <laughs> 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 oh, you can just get to this That's whenever you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> no, that hospitality was amazing, though. And I, I felt the love in that meal. Um, and that was a palpable thing. So thank you. I really appreciate that. It was the foam. It was a phone. <laughs> it was the phone. <laughs> phone set it over the edge. <laughs> Thanks, that, Zach. Uh, yeah, sometimes I, I have a fear of missing out on foam no no oh, oh you mean no fomo <laughs> yeah That's yeah deep. i got a laugh hey. baby i was gonna get one oh. sorry i got excited <laughs> he's back <laughs> i'm back he's back baby uh would you would you ever think about bringing a band over to a podcast to eat brunch i was gonna i was gonna ask that earlier um i would love to does do they have to be from Indiana? No, no, no. I think that I I think that would be fun. I mean, with I guess a little bit of notice, <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, how much is in a band? Like five to seven people. Usually? Depends if they have the crew with them. Oh, so yeah. that's where that's where it gets. So I always look at it like this. Okay, if they're not in a pre, like a tour bus, mm-hmm. if they're not on a prevost, if they're on a bus, we're talking ten to twelve people. Okay. Uh, if they're in a van. Or like a C class, it, then it's going to be anywhere from like five to six, five to seven. Yeah, like I think max. we would be more able to accommodate like five to seven. Oh, yeah, folks, five, five we'll make to it seven happen. Is easy, like yeah, with, with planning, we could do like ten to twelve, and that sure. would be you know. I can already think of who I would have. Yeah, if it's like uh, Luke Bryant and his fifty-person road crew, like <laughs> we'd probably need a little more heads up. Yeah. <laughs> That becomes a, a a full. Thing. That's one genre that that I really haven't, 
you know, country music. I, I, I just haven't like really broken into that. Mm, uh, they get hungry too. Yeah. Hey, I, <laughs> are you a country music fan first? Indie music? Let me um, guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see you as an indie rock guy. Okay. And am I wrong? I don't really know what any music genres really mean anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. And that's not like some like, you know, deep yeah. thought. I, I really don't. Cause like, I, I can like, I, there's probably like 10 music genres where I can be like, yeah, that, that sounds like that. But then you go onto like Apple music and you can sort by genre and there's like 500 genres on there. And yeah, it's like I post pre, I don't know what any of it is. Yeah. Um, I grew up largely on like, 70s disco and 70s rock okay um motown and mm. then i found punk music and that changed my life mm-hmm. um and then now i've just been like everything really but country i can't yeah pop country what's butt country it's dirty it's a dirty type of country that's essentially the country i'm speaking of. <laughs> um, it stinks yeah it's uh yeah if it's talking about a truck, a dirt road, mm. all those things, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I can't stand it. You're not your style. I I'm feel like shed, you would so. get along with the roots. That's how yeah. I feel. Hey, I might. <laughs> I had no follow up to yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, wow, that just derailed the entire yeah. podcast. Yeah. That wasn't even a bomb. That, that, was, just, yeah. that was something new. Shout out I, honestly, I honestly thought he was going to be like, yeah, I work with the Roots yeah. and they were great. You're trying to set him up? He just gets yeah, up and leaves the podcast. Like, He's like, well, I didn't know you were going to be talking about the Roots yeah. today. We got to go. It felt like a volleyball set, but like I hit it out to the crowd. Like, oh, no one's going to be able to get that. <laughs> Headed to Philly next week, actually. Hey, shout out to Philly and the Roots. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny yeah i don't know i was like thinking about like what i got into i i de- definitely have gone through phases in my life like i I remember and a lot of times it was like a girlfriend it was like oh i remember the girl that got me into punk music like yeah. i remember the girl that got me into this yeah. music and yeah, does yeah. punk ever change anybody's life for the better that's my question <laughs> he just said it I, did i think it, it was I for the better it, yeah i think so i think it, it for like a, a socially awkward insecure you know anti-establishment minded like 12 year old yeah i found a few records from like the local skateboarder legend guy that was like 15 years older than me and he it's like i i remember it as if it was yesterday the records that i heard in one day that forever Mm. changed my life and you know it answered to nobody i'm unapologetically myself i love everybody for everybody um ramon and i don't like i don't have hate in my heart really for anything I just, uh, I, I just don't care for the establishment. Oh crap! I thought you were naming pumpkin bands for a second. <laughs> that, I just, that's why I was like the Ramones. <laughs> I was wondering what you were saying. Like, just like, song titles. Yeah. Oh, those were song titles. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This is my last one. I'm done. <laughs> I'll accept it. And so I'm, I'm old enough that uh, I grew up with like like mixtapes. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like I, I I would get introduced. I didn't have the internet to like fact check a lot of stuff. So like I would get something that would be like. One album on one side and a completely different artist and album on the other. Oh, yeah. And so for years, I would confuse uh, artists and bands because I'd be like, no, that's Green Day. I know it was Green Day because I had it on tape, mm. except one side was Green Day and the other side was Sloppy Seconds. And I thought they were the same band for years. Oh. I also... Uh, I also had like a, do you, do you remember a group called the Gravediggers? They were like uh horrorcore uh, hip hop. Is that like a, are they kind of like Hollywood undead? Is that, uh, what, that's, is that what that? <laughs> this, well, this, this was uh this is a rap group. There, there was a, a, a style of music called horrorcore. Okay. And that's originally what three, six mafia was. Cause they were six, six, six mafia. You're and, educating me on the genre and, thing and, right now. And, I'm here for and it. And it was, yeah, it's, it's basically like spooky hip hop. Okay. And they, they were started off like three, six started off as a horrorcore band. And then they kind of got away from the horrorcore part, but they were still called three. They changed it to three, six mafia or whatever. And they, they just became more, you know, yeah. kind of classic, oh, classic hip hop, but grave diggers. There's, there's, there's a probably 10 different in like big names in that. But I, I had one side was Tupac and one side was grave diggers. And I thought for years, I was like, Oh, you know that one Tupac song when he's talking about <laughs> digging up corpses. Like, I, I've never heard that one. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking That's about. Hilarious. I grew up in a small town. So all hip hop was spooky hip hop. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, 
We don't, we don't want you listening to that haunted music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We had to get baptisms after every every song, uh, uh, every album. You know what? Also, I think I was introduced to music in 1997, like mm. the, when I was getting into what we call secular music. Mm. Now, the, the group Now One. Now, hey. that's what I call music. You had a whole selection of Macy Gray. You had... Um, how many how many how many artists can you name off now? That's what I call music now volume one. one. Volume one, um, Backstreet Boys, uh, Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time, um, Marcy Playground. Okay, I smell sexing candy. Yeah, mm. I thought more people would sing. Um, <laughs> you had Casey and JoJo. Yeah, uh, now one really was was good. I, I'm I'm going to stand by it. They, I think they're getting carried away now because yeah. there's like a now. 455, yeah. which there hasn't even been that many years. And they do like a kids bop version, version yeah. of the now's now that's what I call music. Are too. you serious? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I, I think kids bop needs to stop. Yeah. I thought it was inappropriate when they did wet ass pussy. Yeah. I was like, we don't need a kids bop version of that. Yeah. And they changed it to like a cat meowing yeah. in the bath. <laughs> It was weird. I don't know. Is this a joke? Did they really do that? <laughs> I Look bet that's what they play. Like, that's what they use in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, like, yeah. for when they're torturing people. And, <laughs> and that is definitely what they play for hours right. upon hours. Because I remember they did uh, Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. And that movie's just about doing drugs. Mm. Like, I mean, I know. Yeah. That was I a movie? Even, no, like, it was one of the kids' bop or whatever. Uh, well, and, yeah. Yeah. And so I always wondered what they replaced all the words to yeah they did uh your sex takes me to paradise that was one <laughs> wait they, no, they are Bruno's, you serious yeah they did the bruno mars kids bop and it was like i'm like you guys are just getting out of hand maybe some kids don't need to bop to this we don't need to necessarily what is this wow oh that's the uh wop featuring cardi b so it really is kids one. bop yeah. yeah wow kids wop Kids walk. Kids walk. Kids walk. I'm not even going to say uh, it. They, they've changed the WNP to Wings and Pizza. Oh, oh that's amazing. My. They're going to be so disappointed on yeah. their wedding day. Oh boy, oh boy. On their wedding day, they're like, I thought I was getting Wings and Pizza. Yeah. I want to walk down the aisle to Wings and Pizza <laughs> when I get, get older. Oh, well, CeCe's so. I mean, who is, who is that helping? Because like record I, labels, I feel like Epstein's Island has a uh, a wings and pizza room. <laughs> well, they're probably sponsoring kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pizza, wasn't it? I always wonder. That's how they ordered the kids. Speaking of what? Je- speaking of Jeff Epstein, I was so I was the the island was Little St James, that, which implies that there was a just a regular St James. Island. Can you imagine if you're the guy that lived on regular St James and like people like be like, is this no? No, it's not. That's my neighbor. Like, He's probably normal. Like, hey, I'm yeah, into yeah. regular <laughs> size James people. We. <laughs> <laughs> Not into the well, little. Well, the Brunch uh, motto is always end on a high note. Uh, can you hit that beat for me, Zach? Uh, Stu, thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, where can people uh, find you? Follow you on social media. Everything you're doing. Yeah, hit me up uh, Instagram or Twitter at Not So Flyover. Um, and sincerely appreciate the time, fam. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, this is awesome. Thank you, uh, Zach Brown. Uh, you can find me at Zach underscore Roan on all social media. Um, Casey Campbell. Yep. You can find me around Black Circle from time to time. You can also find me online at Danger Brewer on Instagram. Thank you. You're, that's our sound engineer, by the way. I guess I should have introduced who that was. This is a ghost that we've been having. Uh, Thaddeus J. You can find me at Thad McKee, and I'm also starting lawsuits for the parents that let their kids get into kids' bop. Um, they knew what they were doing. Um, are they just getting all orphans? I don't know. But we're going to get down to the bottom. I'm not going to say bottom. We're going to get down to it. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Also, we have a wonderful Patreon, uh, uh, patreon.com backslash harder brunch. If you want to support us and everything we do, also you get an entire bonus episode of a really fun comedy show um, and just more of us talking, being beautiful. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. It's time that I'm around broken glass Now my tongue's split Spitting up blood Falling
Take another hit, feel the spin with the cool kids. Everyone a friend to the end, and that's the way it is. Never got a number, never really tried nothing. Caught up in the breezy seas of the weekend. Take another hit, feel the spin with the cookies.